0: It gets better, ordin another round. Shit about to go down. Got six model chicks, six bottles of drinks, storm over there, got weed everywhere. What do you say? Alright. Another podcast. Welcome. Welcome. We got Ryan, David, myself. Um, so we're gonna well, first of all, Happy New Year's. Heck yeah, yeah man. it's right. January 1st, 1918.
1: 19- that is. Oh, wait, no. I said it's it backwards.
0: A, it's okay, man. Dyslexia, okay. it's whatever. It goes hand in hand with my ADHD, so I got what you're saying. Yeah. I heard it correctly in my head.
1: I knew that would work.
0: <laughs> so we're going to attack a series for the new year, if it's, you will. Hey, guys, it's a little bit scary. This is a new topic. It <laughs> is. is a new topic. It's going to be weird. So we've been talking about really components of this for a while. Yeah. And trying to develop it right. It kinda of stems off the disruption stuff and, and all this other stuff. So we've been trying to fill in the gaps and we just kind of fall into stuff sometimes. We're like, holy crap, I think I think this is a thing. This may be a thing. And then we just and then dig we, into we it. spend some long car rides together and we, we do. start talking about we it. We do, we do. We have a lot of time on the road. Uh travel A lot around. of tobacco, Adderall. Adderall Tobacco Monster. Monster. Yeah. I'm actually uh I got a tea here, man. I know you're doing the uh, Black Rifle uh Gimmick over there with behind your computer with uh, some AK-47 today. Yeah, it's very in nice. Infidel mug. Um, yeah, I'm doing a little tea, some monster, some dips, matter So we should we should be good, kind of. But I think once we start hitting this topic, we'll see why caffeine and Adderall and whatnot is really needed. So we have not. Finalized any kind of name for this project? No, yet? we're not sure yet. We're not. We're indecisive about that, but uh, we'll wait till the very last minute to. I
1: wanted to, to call it the Nutcracker. It's kind of seasonal, but it really had nothing to do with what we're doing. Maybe a little. little well, a little bit with the cracking
0: I thing mean, it could That's be. Neat. Like, so right. we're we're kind of just phrasing this as operational hacking. So this will be the first part of a bunch of podcasts that we're going to do. So we're going to try and give as wide thirty thousand foot view spectrum of what we want to hit on and then be able to focus in on each of the minutia as we go into separating it into each kind of podcast to show how we can put it into application i guess yeah. i mean kind of like the end result like where we want to get to is
1: give you guys um, kind of like a structure to start attacking some of the problems you have trying to create more reliable systems and kind of create more efficiency and more i guess leanness
0: in your your gear and Uh, operational footprint right ttps i mean kind of everything right looking at what you're doing and effectively assess whether that's the best way of doing it instead of just relying on this is the way we've always done it and this is kind of tradition this is how we do an assessment this is how we build a mechanical advantage this is how we do this legacy ttps legacy ttps right because it just gets carried on right it's it's like tech rescue in the fire department man like why do you do that with that yeah. because that's what's in the book and that's what we've always done. When we look at that, should we just dive right into this? Let's go into it. Let's hit All the right. background on something. All right, so I guess we kind of were looking at a bunch of stuff and and so Chris Pipes was going to be on with us today but he's uh, putting, what what is he doing? He's putting trim like or hanging mold. vinyl on his wall or Yeah, I don't he's doing know. something. So uh, he will be in part two. Uh, yeah, he's, 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 he's running back and forth the Home Depot. What is what he's doing. He is running back and forth to Home Depot. So he, <laughs> with Home Depot. Uh, so he is he's one of our internal Along with David, that is kind of fluent in the hacking and cyber realm of it. And what ended up happening is there's a podcast of TED Talks that's put on by a guy named Pablo Hallman. And you guys need to look that up on YouTube. Basically just put in Pablo Hallman hacking and it'll bring it up to you. It was done in the Midwest TED TEDx talks. So I kinda just because the ADHD, I was working on something, and I have to have something else playing in the background. So I'm always kind of fascinated by the way that people can just hack your shit no matter what, you know, uh, get your Bluetooth passwords and do all this other crap or whatever. So that was playing in the background when I was looking through uh, something else. And in that, it's a 17-minute talk. First 12 minutes are as expected, right? You're hearing how, you know, you have a security chip in your credit card. Look, here, I got, I got hey, all the...
1: Here's your balance. Here's oh, your balance.
0: Yeah. So, let's check this out. And, Great. And Thanks, Dick. His little, yeah, exactly. <laughs> his, his robot that, that rolls up at conferences and uh, has an iPad on it. And when you look down at the iPad, it has the, the password to your phone and crap on it. Just hysterical stuff. And then all of a sudden, he gets at about 12 minutes, 12 minutes and 30 seconds. It takes a right turn that just caught my attention uh and he's with uh, what group is he with man um intellectual do you remember david ventures yeah intellectual I mean, ventures i think ventures. is where he's with um i'm just trying to yep intellectual ventures lab so not knowing this prior to him speaking at about 12 minutes he goes into showing how hackers attack ssl protocol diagrams and he has this ssl protocol diagram up And basically says, like, hey, listen, when we're trying to hack this stuff, we basically go at points that we can potentially find holes in. And at that point, they may send two responses when the server is expecting one. Or they may send a one when it's expecting a zero. Uh, They'll send twice as much data and see what happens. Uh, They'll wait twice as long to respond and see what happens. And basically, they'll try a bunch of stuff to see what changes or drops in their laps. And when they find something that breaks... They look for a hole and they try and exploit it. I thought that was pretty interesting. I'm like, ah, that's pretty cool. Except for the next slide was a slide of a freaking mosquito. Yeah. And you're like, what in the hell? And he even makes a joke on there like, uh, do I have the right presentation here? It takes such a weird turn. He then talks about how Bill Gates hired their company to investigate this and come up with a solution. And the next slide is the malaria protocol for, diagram, for, if you will. So they created CDC. a protocol diagram into into malaria. And they bring in Wazoo PhDs and scientists and, and, oddly enough, hackers. They look and identify those nodes or those points or those bifurcations that they can attack. And they try and figure out how they can decrease the million-plus deaths that occur in Africa a year from these mosquitoes. And in the end... I won't kill it for you. You got to go watch it. It involves lasers, and that are spaced like a hundred meters apart around a village that identifies that yes, this is a mosquito two, this is a female mosquito three, this is the mosquito we're looking for, and then it sends a lethal laser and disintegrates its freaking wings. And that and was I, in Africa, probably. Yeah, it, yeah, it looks. There's no way they'll let them right? lasers in like a real city. <laughs> and it's <laughs> dangerous. And, and it was just absolutely hysterical. Um, that it, it looks like a video game. And he goes in basically saying that what they're looking for is a hacker mindset, if you will. And he transitioned this hacking that we typically consider hacking is using a medium of software and hardware. And that has become that hacking term from computers. And they go in to explain, along with these other papers that we'll we'll kind of cite and send you to, that talks about the software and hardware portion is is just one medium that you're going to find hackers in high levels of science and art and you know I think I would say Bruce West is is a hacker man. He's gone on to show that a lot of what we've learned, whether you're an EMT, medic, doctor, PA, whatever, has some real invalid invalid points to it Uh, when you look at at how he's hacked the system to see what is regular what is chaotic what is complex that we try and linearize when in reality it's nonlinear. so we see these hackers kind of everywhere it just depends on what your medium is and go ahead and you're talking about all these like these
1: really smart people they're doing big big things like my favorite one is Seth's bike hacks what is it now? Seth Spike hacks. He's on YouTube. He like sits there and he finds like all these solutions for like common problems, <laughs> and then like and when you're you you do not have like all the equipment, and all this stuff like, hey, how do you fix your you know tubeless tire on your mountain bike with yeah. like, what you got here? And so it's like hmm. hacking isn't necessarily like big huge things. It's just like trying to find a way. To solve a simple problem efficiently with the tools you have at hand.
0: Exactly, right? Yeah. And and it's perfect, right? And we do it all the time, like an yeah. improv stuff. So whether we're doing rescue, we're doing medical, things like this is is what you have and how to exploit what you have. Yeah. So he basically goes on to talk about uh, a hacker's mind is optimized for discovery, uh, figuring out what is possible from things that are typically thought to be impossible because people create these rules of this is how it has to be and, and, there's, and it ends up being just very fallacious. But... I, I really dug it. He gave that example and he's like, you know, when you when you look at a new gadget that's out, and you show it to your mom or your grandma or something like that, and they're like, "What the heck is that?" And you're like, "Oh, look, it's it's a phone." From that point, they'll have a context of what it is. Oh, it's a phone. So I'm sure there's a way to dial on it. I put it up to my ear. I can talk on it. But then he says, "You know, that's for that context." If you give that same thing to a hacker, the question becomes different. It's not what is it. Is what can what I can make I it do? Do with it exactly. <laughs> what can I make it do? And he's like, "The hacker will tear that thing apart, screw by screw, take out the battery, take out the side plates, put it down, see a, a, a basically a hump of rubble." and then say, what can I make this do now? Right and reverse engineering based off of that's equipment and gear. And and make it do something it was never potentially intended to even even do. And so when you think about it, like that's what a lot of people do. And I know a lot of people that we talk with, a lot of people we work with already have that mindset, yeah. right? So I give them a, a micro traction, and like, oh, okay, yeah, it's progressive progress I got it, but what can I really do with this thing, yeah. right? And turning things off and you're like, holy crap, dude, that is badass, right? Just using the system, seeing things a different way. And so that kind of caused us to go into uh, diving into a little bit more of the, the realm of the his, historical background of hacking yeah. and how that originated, and we're going to put some notes up in blogs that you can download some of this stuff in that that we were digging through. But in it, it's suffice to say, a lot of the hacking stuff that that we know of it today started changing in the sixties and seventies out in out in you know California. Had a bunch of, of schools from, and and then you have MIT obviously, and Stanford, and and these groups that were all kind of on the same parallel simultaneously working on these things and these little hacker groups and, and associations started coming together. And a lot of that original hacking wasn't as you see it today with um, you know whether it's white hat white hat or black hat or gray hat with anonymous or anything like that. Is they were just looking out of sometimes out of boredom. boredom. But a lot of times just just to just to push the limits of what people think is possible. And it led us to some different research in some different papers and white papers that were put out a long time ago. Uh, one being the jargon file, which uh, there's a couple different authors that were on there. The one that, that we we're kind of looking at for the quote that we were going to talk about is a guy named Eric Raymond, um, who's a recognized expert in, uh, in the hacker topic and, and I authored I guess at least some part of the jargon file. And what he looked at was some of the characteristics of, of a hacker, almost you know doing like FBI profiling if you will of that. In it it was interesting because there's a lot of different terms for the term hacker not just what we what we typically think about. But one of the things I thought was really cool is he's like the the hacker mindset is not confined to the software hacker culture. There are people who apply the hacker attitude to other things like electronics or music, actually you can find it in the highest levels of science and art. And when you started looking at some of these characteristics through some of these papers, it got kind of interesting and one of them it kept saying that one of the commonalities of a hacker was being a, a neophile. So I'll be honest, man. Like, I don't use that in my normal semantics. No, and but we're going to start using it. We are, we're going to use it all the time. Because like, the first thing, obviously, is like, oh, like, God, it's got to be related to pedophilia. I'm actually going to, like,
1: I'm going to go to the VA next week and see if I can get, like, more disability because I am one. <laughs>
0: I need, I need.
1: I think it's money. like another like ten like, percent.
0: You should. Yeah, that'd be perfect. <laughs> give, give that a whirl, man. I'm going to. No, don't take <laughs> any medication like, that up. takes it away. Yeah. So at first I'm like, okay, neophile does not sound awesome like it's uh, it just gets associated with I picture some creep in the corner of like a baby doing like uh, yeah it's something weird with a white van with a padlock on the outside and chains but so we we dug into it and that's not the case it's not the case uh when we looked into it we're like holy crap dude
1: okay now I think like everyone should really pay attention now because like you're gonna be like okay
0: I am a neophile like I know you guys are like this shit for a fact This shit just got real yeah things about to get real so it says neophiles or neophiliacs interesting Have the following basic characteristics. The ability to adapt rapidly to extreme change. A distaste or downright loathing of tradition, repetition, and routine. A tendency to become bored quickly with old things. A desire bordering on obsession in some cases to experience novelty. Check. Check. A corresponding Uh and related desire to create novelty by creating or achieving something and or by stirring social or other forms of unrest. I do that all the time. I know. You just screw the people, right? A complete objection to or distrust of commitment. So those were the the main things. Then I thought it was kind of interesting, this portion. It says a neophile is distinct from a revolutionary and that anyone can become a revolutionary. if Pushed far enough by the reigning authorities or social norms, whereas neophiles are revolutionaries by nature. Their intellectual abhorrence of tradition and repetition usually bemoans a deeper emotional need for constant novelty and change. The meaning of neophile approaches and is not mutually exclusive to the term visionary, but differs in that a neophile actively seeks firsthand experience of novelty rather than merely pontificating about it. Nice. So, yeah, it kind of sold me, man. Right. It also talked about the opposite being neophobes who hate neophiles, I would say, which is basically most of your administrations that are yeah. out there, right? That is, that's, are, that's like so. This is kind of like
1: anyone's ever been charged of me <laughs> becomes a neophobe.
0: <laughs> there, you know, and it, it is. It's that typical like <laughs> liability, like oh my god, like no, let's not change anything. Like don't clean we've been fish doing- at your desk. <laughs> okay, that, which is a weird one. That's yeah. good. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. That's from the office. <laughs> Doing office Office pop, office pop. Yeah, so it's interesting because that is. I mean, it's it's very typical. You know, we we're talking with some groups that ended up running into uh, a very very significant active shooter incident a couple years ago uh, at a large metropolitan area where, you know, not I guess a year after the event occurred, they released. the, the cams, the, the chest cams, and stuff like that from the responding officers and stuff. And the administration just started going through it, like, you know, in detail, showing how many times they were breaking. Protocols, right? Yeah. I mean, but that—that's the thing. Like, there are no protocols in an active shooter. You can't like predict you, what the hell it is. Like, but that is the admin form of it. It's like, oh God, don't think outside the box. Don't do this. Don't do that. What you know, you you're wrong? like, what in hell? I don't care if it's the wrong thing. Just keep doing the wrong thing over and over, and that way we stand in a very good legal <laughs> liability thing. Even if more people die, just do the wrong thing. And but you have that attitude where you're like, this is so retarded. This is unbelievable. It's evidence based. It, it's it's evidence based, right? Yeah. Because it's it's the most simple form of uh, anything that does not interact with an environment. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty screwed up. So I, I dug that, and then that just dug me down all these other rabbit holes of uh, sensation sinking low arousal theory, the, and that all was actually stuff. pretty good because yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, low arousal theory is a good one, man. Um, so any of those uh, fellow brethren of ADD man will love that with it. Is it's a psychological theory explaining uh, that people with ADD seek. Simulation by excessive activity in order to transcend their state of abnormally low arousal. Uh, it goes into stimulus hunger, where you're just always trying to push the limits, change things. You get bored very quickly with with the protocols or the the regular way of doing things. Uh, and what was really funny for Ryan and I is, if I'm writing something, even even on Adderall and stuff, man, like I still have to have like. Skrillex or something something playing in the background. And like even we started this off, I was working on something. I had to have TED Talks going in the side. right? I have to have some sort of something going on all the time. But there's this noise and performance portion under the low arousal theory that says uh, people with ADD basically uh, related to an incorrectly functioning dopamine system. And in a study, the best performance was exhibited when stimuli caused a certain amount of psychological arousal when using sound to help brain function, known as stochastic resonance. It was found that significantly more noise is required to improve the performance of those with ADD uh, since they have less dopamine, which is is kind of interesting. But it took us down all these pathways, man, which were like, holy crap, that speaks truth. That speaks truth. And we love to hack… Shit, man! Like hacking, like you, you're working on the commando thing right yeah. now, right? And I
1: think what we're talking about too, like to tie it all in, is the problem solving, like trying to figure this stuff up yep. causes a dopamine release. Exactly. So it's like that's why you see all the guys getting off on like trying to figure out like
0: like how do we fix this? How do we do this like faster? Like uh-huh. how do we get into it? so we have changed it up. And, um, we changed it up. I don't know. It was a couple of years ago. We we really changed the way our delivery system to. Um, processes. Yep. Yeah. To, to how we train just really basic rope rescue and advanced rope rescue. To well, where it, well we, for your training it, it's basic, but for other people
1: right. in the training it's like, <coughs> like a month into it versus day two. So,
0: is. Which is crazy. Is we, we basically unfortunately we, we've been driven into this way of this is how we teach this. This is how we teach vertical rescue. This is how we teach you know confined space, structural collapse, whatever. And using basically vertical you know we'll, we'll talk rope rescue for our purposes here is there's a defined way of doing it so i'm going to show you these techniques and now you're going to be doing a load transfer uh passing a knot right doing a, a pick off doing whatever right um step one step two step three and what's interesting is when you learn things in a functional design or a protocol, it actually produces stress inside yeah. of you, right? And so thank you, David Van Schalen, for, for the multi-hour phone conversation we had a, a couple weeks ago on going into the neuropsychology of training. But it does. It produces these almost a um, like a norepi type of response where you're yeah. going to make more mistakes because it's like, oh, God, I, I remember step one and two. What the fuck is three? Yeah. Okay, right. I can't jump to four yet. And and in reality, what we did is we stopped doing that Getting completely, right? All we did is we, we gave them the problem. So we taught them basically from 8 in the morning till noon the processes. The Just ingredients, ingredients man, right? right? Just the ingredients of what you need to do to do the five main things that you're going to do in rope rescue all the time. Like those five things are going to are gonna be able to be combined in one manner or another to do 99% of the rescues you will ever do. And each one of those little labs is like 30 minutes long, estimated. Then in the afternoon, we start putting it into practice. And then by the end of day one, we start going into problem solving. And so in the end of day one, instead of way, way into, you know, the week or the beginning of the second week, by the end of day one, we have dudes doing load transfers, like like no problem, right? Um, But we don't tell them how to do it, right? We tell them, hey, using what you know, like... Here's the so problem. Is Figure it do. out, and we have mannequins on there. And we're like, hey, if you if you drop it, whatever, man, you know that that's not the way to do it, right? But you are gonna learn this based on what when we're, we're in Thailand, time. we got to use real people because so, <laughs> it, mannequins a, are too expensive. Yeah, and talking to talking to people like Shen, uh, you know, with <laughs> with his little example of of uh, some of his ethnic origins of China, he's like, they don't care. He's like, we got a million other ones. If I have, one, Yeah, so it's like you um, drop that one, they can have another kid. It's so basically the person is I'm the right. mannequin uh, <laughs> in China, apparently. But uh, but I thought that was interesting. So we just let them. We just let them figure it out. And the success rate and how quick they get it and the exponential learning that they get because really, load transfers turn out to be such a pivotal part. And we've talked about before. That's your get out of jail free card. Yeah. I can walk up to anybody's dicked up system that's screwed up or dick my own system up. And I know that with a low transfer, I can unscrew can it, it, start from scratch and nail it out and, and make it happen. But just driving it into, I'm not teaching you how to do this. I've already given you the ingredients. Now you have to figure out how to mix them to get what we need to happen. It releases dopamine. Hmm. And people just become, I mean, they just become addicted. Yeah, it's and like, the, yeah normally it's like, Day one, they're they're into it, and having fun.
1: But then, like halfway through day two, the dudes are just like eating it up, it's like because it's, it's fun.
0: Yeah, even in San Diego, man, we had dudes like that. Hey, yeah, I have to be here because I'm going to be doing this for my department. I'm going to be the roadmaster, or whatever. By the end of day one, they were going ape shit. And by day two, they were coming in going, "Hey, listen, I was thinking about this last yeah. night." Blah blah blah. And you're like, "Holy shit, man!" Like this dude is on. They're totally getting off on us. Also. Yeah, and and, and then Sean's happy because he loves getting dudes off. Well, oh, wait, see, no, I, mean, that, I said that wrong. That did come out weird. Okay, that. Was, yeah. yeah, that was totally. All right. Yeah. yeah. That's not what I meant. Well, I, I think it's just a semantic issue. Okay. Yeah, we'll just All figure right, that we'll figure out it, later. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think, <laughs> and I think you know, changing those things, you know, that that's really hacking training. Yeah. Actually, you know, it, it's what works with these type of people. Fortunately, the majority of the people that are in the business and have a propensity towards being a little ADD man, yeah. and uh, which is great. So, so in that, let's start getting to some of like. The principles of it, like okay, well the let me hit side. on let me hit on the game of life thing. Do it real yeah. quick, yeah. So I really do not understand this. Shit. I'm gonna have to like play this. Yeah. So what was interesting is as we we're looking through a lot of the and this includes the the jargon file too, is you start seeing different emblems and things like that. And obviously, you know, you can look at and people automatically think, oh wow, I see the face of Anonymous or something like that. Is yeah. is that's hacking? But there's this weird little quadrant type of thing. It almost looks like it's on a like a tic tac toe board type of thing. I think there's what like nine spaces on it. here. Let me pull it up here. But it has to do with Conway's Game of Life. So so Google Conway's Game of Life. And you're going to see this thing. There looks like there's basically nine blocks uh, in there. And there's these little dots laid out in it. And what's interesting about it is this mathematician, uh, and you can read about it, named Conway, came up with this game in, like, 1970 and published it in a mathematic book. And what's cool about this game, it's what we deal with. It meets all the parameters of dealing with com- or starting to understand or seeing the unpredictability of complexity and chaos. Awesome. right? So it's nonlinear, which is what we work in every day. It's every system you build with rope. It's doing casualty management. Is Unless, non-linear. You're doing evidence based. Unless you're doing evidence-based. Yeah. Unless you're doing evidence-based. Then it's always worked That's out always perfectly because it's in a lab with bright lights with only one variable. So <laughs> what's interesting about this is you'll see this graphic and we started looking into it and we're like, hey, this game of life thing is kind of crazy. So the game itself basically... The only move that the player does is the initial – he sets the initial condition. And if you look at every definition for chaos or that's for like, complexity, have to have that it. is it, right? It's it's dependent on the initial, initial condition, condition, right? Sensitive to initial yeah. condition, I think, David. Yeah. And that's the parameter. So you actually set the initial condition and then hit enter and just see where it goes. And your shit can die off pretty quick or it can go on for a little bit then die off or it can just keep uh, like an like an open uh, or a uh, positive feedback loop uh, just, just expi- exponentially. Dude grow, right? And so all these things come off of it and it starts adding these these parameters. So it has uh, basically components of of biochemistry, of physics, of nonlinear physics, of mathematics, of, of all these components of ecology, biology, all these things mixed into this type of game where you just set up the initial conditions. So that is what that emblem is from. But as we were digging down, we got to one of the things that came out, which was the trefoil knot right and that is one of the things that, that came out on this game of life which was pretty cool which is basically a um, it looks like an overhand knot instead of tying it together you just kind of meld the two ends together so it's a closed system and in this and it, this is one of the main principal knots that that developed off of uh knot theory which was a, a branch of mathematics from mit i think is who kind of started that and it's the simplest example of what they call a non-trivial knot and you know like it says here it can be obtained by joining together the two loose ends of a of a common overhand resulting in a knotted loop then they have all these mathematical freaking equations that go with it and is it a left-handed or a right-handed uh trefoil knot and all this which brought us down to the example of a gordian knot which was like holy crap so when you pull up gordian knot you'll see a bunch of different knots but one of them is the trefoil knot as it turns out there's a legend behind it which is kind of hysterical so uh When you look at it, it says the Gordian Knot is a legend uh, associated with Alexander the Great. So anytime you can throw in some Alexander the Great, just conquering shit is good. Uh, It's often used as a metaphor for an intractable problem or a problem that is believed to be impossible. What it represents is that those impossible problems or those intractable problems can be solved easily by finding a loophole. Or thinking creativ- uh, creatively. And in the case of this, Alexander Great is like, I don't need to worry about untying this complicated knot. I'm just going to cut it with my sword yeah. and hack the shit out of it. And so really... Which it, brings it, us to Indiana Jones. It does. Go ahead. Raiders of the Last Ark. So
1: mm-hmm. Alexander just doesn't want to deal with his problem, so he chops it. And that's it's the it. same thing Indy did when that guy's sitting there with those swords, flinging them around. Yeah. And like he pulls a gun and shoots the Pulls him a gun and shoots him. Outside the, dead, the box man. thinking.
0: What's up, dog? Yep. Pulls out a cat and... Uh, and go Cypress Hill on them. But I thought it was interesting. I mean it's it, like the Gordian knot's even quoted in like uh, in Shakespeare and shit like this and so there's a whole legend behind it. Point being is it represents what is considered to be an impossible task or an impossible problem and finding that loophole that creates an extremely simple solution. And when you look over, you know, really the last you know, 12 years more specifically right. probably of of the problems that that we run into that we are tasked with like hey can you help us figure this piece out it's usually always something always has an achilles sense something mm-hmm. always has a loophole of easiness you know whether it's the you know breaching into the armored you know suburbans for state yeah. or it's it's a the the M or whatever you know being able to breach into an M way fast with, within seven to Ten seconds with with a hand tool. It turns out you don't need a whole huge pack of equipment. You don't, you right? Just need like one tool, maybe and, two. and not only is it you know because people are like, oh, okay, if you don't have this big ass piece of equipment and loadout, then then this you can use as your alternative. How are we going to cut the Gordian knot? <laughs> That's it. Is what's is a loophole? Do, and as it turns out, you don't. You you. It actually the the easier simpler way isn't an alternate contingent. It's a primary, it's primary because it's now. faster. It's yeah. more efficient. It's what you already have on you. It, 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 it's not even a competition, you know, yeah. when, when you look at the traditional you sit way there going and You're so the stuck
1: time. in tradition, like, hey, this is a thing. This is oh, our God, TV. no. It works, and all of a sudden, like, someone blows it away, and it's like,
0: damn. Holy shit, man. That was faster. It's more efficient. I've been on this boondoggle this it, whole time. It's way easier. There's no sustainment, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, you know, even taking the uh, first responder high-lift jack to vehicle education. you know, when we were doing that work before, we we... We're looking at saying, okay, if if this Homatro, the new special, crazy new battery, and all this other stuff, and this Dude, operational you guys had, like, a
1: kit, battle off like, we you, did. You we, just started like one end of it was like, of, like the it was like armored cars like breached. It was all like those bitchy
0: ass cheerleaders yeah. and and what was that? I can't remember when they like we're gonna freaking have a cheerleading off contest or some shit like that. I can't remember what it is.
1: It's so already been brung. Or brought. Yeah, yeah. So are you bringing bring it? It? Bring bring it. it? Bring it, bring yeah. it, bring it, bitch. Yeah, but that's what we're looking at. We're like, okay, you know. And you're at the end of it smoking a cigarette, drinking a monster, and they're still like working halfway <laughs> through with like all this heavy equipment. Like, right. and like uh, my life sucks. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Those guys are eating sandwiches. half
0: no rope smoking a pipe. <laughs> but, yeah, and that's it is is if you can just find it. And I think that, you know, I always joke that the reason that we become like, that type of thing. is just because we're old, and I don't want to carry all that other shit yeah. or remember all that shit, right? But in reality, there there are more efficient ways of doing it. And we ended up going, you know, side by side, created nine different things on vehicles, non-armored vehicles, to be able to be able to extricate casualties out in an operational setting. And so we took that first responder uh, high lift because it's part of a mobility package of a lot of groups. Cool. They're around quite a bit, even on any fire trucks you run. And we were okay breaching regular doors, you know, popping natives It's a lot. Okay, that was easy. It is, yeah. uh, and you don't have to learn all this other crap. Yeah. You don't have to get the power sources to it, and then we're doing dashboard lists, and we're doing pedal impediments, um, impediments, and and all of a sudden it was like every hack time we were doing, we're like, holy shit, that was that wasn't a little bit, that was a shit ton faster, yeah, and easier, and requiring hardly anything. Like, oh my god, this is. A little insane And then at the end of the day It's like you pile up All the equipment That we had before That we were using And then you got the high look, And you're
1: kind of looking at both And it's like man That stuff is really right. shiny And expensive and cool On the right But that High lift is bad to the
0: bone. Oh, for for just, just a hasty response to uh to a, a, you know a VBIT or vest or anything like that with where you got a collapse structure or anything like that, you gotta get somebody out quick. You know, even use them on that if you know same principles, cribbing, right? You know, lift an inch, crib an inch. But even setting up the the holistic manner in which you're you're attacking that collapse issue with somebody uh, that's underneath, that's entrapped so much faster, yeah. right? Because you're never lifting the whole freaking thing up. And we're doing it with 10 15,000 pound, yeah. you know, reinforced uh, masonry. Yeah. And uh, and it's just Easy. so fast. It's yeah. ridiculous. And and there's no learning curve for the guys. It's, like, yeah, you it's teach like, them cribbing, you teach them the principles of, yeah. you know, if you do this, then it can move this way, you know. A couple of command and control reactions. points to keep some safety in there and then just run with it. Rip it off, man. Yeah. And, you know, compared to like, okay, now we're getting our bags out. We're filling yeah. our bags. Now, there's some things, obviously, that you're going to need bags or cushions for and things like this, but you know, for for a lot of those things that you can make an impact in right now because it just happened and you're rocking it. Uh, you can do very quickly. So that was kind of the the, the start of it. The, the start process. The thought process of where we're where we're at with that. We got a couple dudes that we're going to be bringing in to help us with some of these uh, podcasts and talking our way through everything from casualty management to getting down to the minutia. I know you're wanting to hit on some of the stuff with specific when we're addressing, You know, even March, right? Yeah. And we'll talk about that later. But like even the March assessment, people are on different pages all the time yeah. of what that means because no one identified exactly you know, what is that flow that exists yeah. within a march. And, and what are I mean
1: what are key points that are universal that have to be done? Because there are. There's it, like some things that are there like they need to be like Ten
0: Commandments, like Exactly. Thou shalt not miss a wound. Like Right. You know. And 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 when you're looking at that though, it's you know coming from where you come from and, and stuff like this like Everybody strives and is like, what makes us that good um, as far as an organization is concerned or a specific group within that organization? And you hear it all the time, like, we're masters of the basics. But what makes you a master of basics? It's not just, like, doing the same thing you learn. Blindly. No, like, you got to dig into that thing. You got to tear the march Algorithm I mean, down. Like, it, what is it? It's minutia. It seems simple, and like we don't. I don't even have it all like
1: mapped out yet. But we're kind of going through. It. But like, let think about that. Like, don't miss a wound. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's like one of your golden rules going in, like, what does that change? What do you have to start thinking about? Like, you know, like stripping the patient down. Like, do I do that right away? Do I like when does that happen? Because it has to happen if you do, you know you don't right. want to miss wounds. Like, what kind of light am I using? Like, all those things kind of change based off of like if you have a rule that has to be done. Everything around it kind of shifts and changes to be. You know, to be able to
0: accomplish that, so yeah, it's it, like it's. I mean, it, it's the same with everything. It's like it's. Don't oversimplify stuff. Like, and you know what's interesting about that? Just to hit on it, because I was always astonished. You know, talking to some you, yourself and some other guys that have a ton of operational experience of treating a lot of people in really bad circumstances is sometimes the influences that that somehow become like a makeshift standard out there have no validity whatsoever. Like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna assess and check these wounds with under mbg and yeah. i'm gonna feel really comfortable that i got everything or i'm gonna do this under a red light you know when you know talking with you know you <laughs> it's know like some you of the guys they're like Dude, like you some silliness yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah and i love it you know you one of your you know dudes that you sort of you know work with Is like, listen, man, like you haven't assessed anybody until there's a really bright fucking white light on and you're looking everywhere on them. Right. And it's like, here's the deal. I've got white light. They know you're there. And my fingers sweeping like. He's like, they know you're there. He's like, you know, they know you're there. Get behind something. He's like, they know you're there because they shot somebody of
1: yours. Spontaneously combust. Right. So so
0: exactly. They shot and they know you're there. He's like, so get your guys that kill people to try and kill Kill them before they try and kill people. They're trying to kill you. He's like, get some good security and get a white light on it don't miss something that you're gonna that's potentially gonna kill them yep. and you just never saw it because you wanted to be, you know, and uber tactical because you are it out of
1: there, you put them on the medevac, and they've got something in their back they're bleeding out of and they get on the operating table and they're crazy and it's
0: like, yeah. You know, yeah. Who knows what's gonna turn into but yeah. It's funny how like these outside it's influences that have thing, no like, validity yeah. will start changing the way people are like, No, you gotta be able to do this well, under this light and this is it. Right. I use blue light <laughs> so I can see the blood. <laughs>
1: Wait, is that blood or is that sweat? <laughs> So I think it's pe- There's okay. moisture. It's hey, a moisture. Oh, Someone peed over here. Like, what's this? I have a warm fluid. It could be a lot of things.
0: That's why I like white light. I wonder where I'm sticking my hands. That is hysterical. So when we're digging into this, and we'll get let's get into specifics here in a second, but to, just to create a little bit, you know, we're going to get with people. Uh, obviously, pipes will probably be on the next one. We're going to get with Ricky D2, uh, who's, who's disrupting stuff uh, left and right right now as far as uh, – the uh lethal triad and stuff like that uh you can go back onto some of the seat. he wants to make it a lethal, lethal box he does he does he's, dude he's worked with the box i like it better i love man. you man i, I dig I it man. i hate uh, triangles are weird they are weird they're odd you know is it an isosceles is it I don't you know, know like, is it right is it right i don't know but uh so yeah him i think jj Yep, your buddy we'll, we'll bring him in yeah jj in here from the uh the refresher course yeah
1: um over at Jason TC, have him kind of give some of his two cents on how things are rolling and what he's trying to, like, break apart. And, and he's working some killer he, stuff. He's doing some good stuff, man. He's got a good course. So I got to spend a week with JJ uh, right before Christmas checking out the refresher course, and it's uh, it's coming along. It's going to be a good course. You, you got to do them. some... Yeah, like, sitting in ORs and, like... Yeah. I was like, yeah, like,
0: help with the anesthesia. Like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what I'm talking I just, I just made stuff up. <laughs> but I said it in such a manner. Um, and that's perfect. So yeah, so we have those those guys coming on and a few other ones. But I think you know when we look into this hacking of of doing that, you know I think it's critical that when we look at whether it's a TTP, whether it's a systematic response, whether you're looking at an active shooter response or anything like this that that I think if you diagram that out into kind of like what that and I want to say protocol, not in the protocol like, hey, this is exactly how we're doing it, but a protocol algorithmic type of thing of of how you believe your schema maneuvers is going to go into a diagram and be able to identify where those bifurcations occur, where you're going to have to work with another group. Law enforcement is now having to work with fire. Fire's having to work with EMS and now you're working with command and those things where things fall apart and be able to identify where those friction points is, create, uh, and we'll talk about that. you can talk about it uh, with that loop that we're talking about is how do I Identify where those gaps are going to be. Where yeah. are those failure points? Where are those points? Those those areas that we're going to be able to get exploited and fail and suck. Yeah. Um, and and
1: how, how can, can we, we attack them? And then develop new TTPs, test them until we get a, a viable product that like is like, all right, this is actually something we can take operationally.
0: Exactly, and, and then you, throw it
1: in a full mission profile. And, like, when I say full mission profile, we are talking about this earlier. It's, like, it's a no-shit, like, real full mission profile. Not, like, oh, the casualties are all in the CCP. Exercise over. Or, like.
0: Yeah. Okay. What order are you going like, to take? These okay, be we're, we're on you? helicopters. <laughs> like, look. Like,
1: so we just landed right at the door. I'm not running anywhere. Like, yeah, you know, it's, like, no. It's, like, it's, you got all the moving pieces there, and you actually rehearse those things. Whether it's, you know, back here at your, your home base or your overseas, like, exercising, casualty plan, the CCP, or something like that. Like, you get the moving pieces. You exercise to make sure everyone's flown. so that's what we'll kind of tie it all into real. That's it. FMPs to make sure stuff's working and then start the process all over again.
0: Exactly, because most stuff is is it's done on a on a chalkboard, whiteboard. You know, it's a it's a roundtable discussion, and you walk out thinking you have a capability, and then you question why shit falls apart in real world. Uh, or they set up their scenarios to validate the dumb shit that they put onto the board in their protocol. Yeah. you know and and that's done all the time but until you actually experience that novelty firsthand right yeah. then you're not going to see how things react and how things work together and it becomes pretty bad so i think you know when we talk about when you go into use you know hacking analogies is a lot of times they'll write these these shells with these scripts in them, and in these scripts will have different variables. So we've got to be just as good at hacking our current systems, and then what we come up with as potential solutions or potential TTPs that work in a specific context that, that we feel like how we're currently doing it isn't going to work how we want it to, then we've got to be really comfortable with constantly, constantly hacking ourselves. Um, you brought up that X Google or the Google X, yeah, that I mean, moonshot thing. Yeah, so something that's
1: even before you get into that, like the mindset, like it totally ties in with the HRO. Like it's, this, it's the same stuff, right? You're trying you're sitting there and like, but you have to create that culture where you're safe to like, break shit.
0: Okay, so that's it. that's and that's, like, that's what I want to say before is that you're exactly right is is we talked about that and on an entry course a lot of times with people that have never done let's say rope or they have never done uh, certain casualty management or they're learning you know surgical airways they're doing whatever the hell they're doing they're putting it into scenarios. We we do need to create that kind of fail-safe environment because okay. they need to understand mm-hmm. And be able to utilize what safe the, to fail exactly, and, yeah. and so well. I think if we do a fail safe first, right, then then they're able to at least get the components down to where they understand it, yeah. right. But from that point on, we should never use that fail safe environment. But yet, that's typically what it is. So once you understand the concept, okay, I'm learning to repel, yeah. right. So I, I want you to be in a fail safe uh, at first, at first, right. I want you to have a bomber ass anchor. I want you to be because if you dick up on an edge transition or you fall or you do this, I want it to be as safe as possible because I want to build your confidence up and knowing what you're doing and understand – start getting into the minutia. And that's the only way to do it is if you know you can make mistakes and you're not going to die. But from that point on, once you get that capability, you've got to transition into, uh, into a safe to fail. And I know that uh, – what was his name? Snowden from the Kenevan framework talks about that and, I, and, and it's not – Just exclusive to him, but having that safe to fail environment where, listen, I'm not going to put parameters on you. I want you just to try some crazy ass shit and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, let's figure out how we can make it work. But pushing those limits all the time in a safe to fail type of mode is where you've got to evolve to, or you're never gonna you're never gonna expand your capabilities.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like if, if you don't ever do it, you never know. And it's like, and it's not even like expanding capabilities. It's like Baseline operating capabilities. Like, if every time you put a mantra on your carabiner, you have to have somebody check it to feel safe. Right. But, you know, it's like, it's like day three in a course, like, hey, can you check my mantra? It's like, all right, well, like, why am I still checking this? Like, you should be just, like, going. Yeah. Like,
0: and yeah. you know, it's
1: like, but you see that in a lot of courses and guys that have done a lot of stuff with different, right. especially like rescue training. They're like, hey, can you check this? Can you just, like, man, just go. Like, just, we're watching. Yeah. If, so, if something, like, right. we're going to let you go down there and get tangled up halfway. Right. And the rest of your buddies are going to have to figure it out. But, like,
0: right. And day you know, one, one, we like, start yeah. teaching them already, like, the ABCs check, of how, how to how safety how to, check your. Yourself. Yeah, and the, you should be the right at the point of being able yeah. to do that in seconds, man, yeah. before going over the edge. But um, you know, the example is: is you take certain principles, and then you constantly try and expand them expand them and see where your right and left parameters are i remember a picture i got from you years ago man uh, i still we, got it man we should put it up on the thing that would be so we're doing act. this thing off of uh, off of a building top uh that had no parapets right so it's just a flat roof like 15 by 15 type of thing and so you're you're you don't really have any anchors up There's there nothing. at all <coughs> and so we were you're like what three stores up mm-hmm. yeah and so we would just take a halogen and drop the ads in of the halogen over the opposite edge yep. and, and tie into that. And that's what we would repel off of. And that's what we would raise, lower, raise and all that kind of stuff. And we'd set up releasable systems and stuff like that off of that. But you know, the big thing on that is if you stand up, you could change the angle and that thing could follow you down, yeah. right? But if you stay on your knees, you stay low, you stay, you understand those principles, then you're able to rock it out. And then I get a picture like the next week of you uh, and, and homies with a freaking little paratech yeah, crash, it's, crash it's, it's axe. It's the with Beal tool. The Beal tool. The Beal tool with, yeah. Beal tool, with that was thing like, rigged up. Yeah, oh, I, was like, like that. I was
1: like sitting up there like, we had to put it up there for like some sort of training thing. I think it was with Justin. Yeah. And it, I was just like, fuck that. Like, I'm not going to carry this thing up here. let for a three to one off this thing. Like, Can you do that? I was like, I oh, Principles worked. Let's it's it, right? Like, it's same
0: principles, right? You have something that goes over. If it, it catches. starts to slip, I'll tell you, you duck in the axle fly past your head safely, dude. And we'll catch it on video. Yeah. That'll be badass. It'll be like the Viking releasable system. I wish I had a helmet <laughs> <laughs> in front of like, You think those things aren't sharp? Since that
1: was a winkler. That would have been really dangerous. Oh, that would have been terrible, man. Yeah, you would have just scalped yourself. Yeah. Um canoed your forehead. <laughs> like then I would have had to like really lower a casualty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or you could have been the casualty, and just lowered yourself by falling, and Like falling off top of the plane. But uh, but yeah, yeah, I think the Google X thing with that moonshot program that they have is pretty badass. Yeah, so they, it's uh, take home points of that.
1: We'll uh, we'll we'll put a link in the in the podcast, so you guys can check it out. But basically, it's like they create these like ideas, these concepts, and they're just they're not small; they're huge in scale. So they try and create these big ideas, big visions, like unchecked optimism is what they call it. And then to balance that system, they have. Enthusiastic skepticism. Yeah. So their whole kind of thing is that, like, from day one, they're trying to make their their
0: great idea fail. Like that is their main objective. Like, is, is that and they get rewarded they, for. It. They get, yeah, they're getting bonuses. If you bonuses, can make your shit fail, fail. then you get, you get bonuses, rewarded. Like, yeah, yeah, they basically say we try and kill your project
1: on day one, as soon as On, on day one. one, and they like and like one of their big things is like they find the hardest point and they try and attack that and kill it from there.
0: And you know what's funny is that all this stuff really ties into these diverse groups, but. Really, a lot of what he was saying falls directly in line yeah. with Taleb's anti-fragile, yeah. right, is, is you want to create a system that is not fragile, right, anti-fragile, but even when exposed to complexity or adversity, yeah. it expands its capability of being anti-fragile. It actually makes itself stronger. Yep. And a lot of that has to get into, you know, we'll t- probably have to cover that in other ones, but that depends on the coupling, right? Are you tight coupled or are you loose, loose coupled, right? Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, loose coupled, can't control as much or whatever, but loose coupling is what it's allows what that adaptation, right? Yeah. Tight coupling, not so much, is, is like an instantaneous reaction when you look at uh, screw gates, right, which we don't yeah. really use much, but you over tighten those screw gates, you have a weaker caravaner than if you have a looser loose screw gate because it allows the movement and the malleability of an aluminum 7075 material uh, in there. But um, But the same thing goes with coupling. Is is everyone in administration wants tight coupled systems, right? Yep. But those are the ones that will always kill you because one small deviation or one sucker punch causes all the dominoes the dead. Yeah. done done because they're so interconnected. It's like dead weight just on this below tight. it. exactly. Yeah. And we'll get into it. Actually, yeah. obviously, we'll have to get into it on one of the ones you're doing with casualty management with tight coupled systems because as you're moving in on an objective
1: different things. And an it's assault like, mode, yeah. And there's things it's, you can do. It's talk about like contingencies. There's stuff you can do up front to enable like yeah. Depending on what you do, is either gonna be tight or loose, right? Um, Kind of like redefining stuff, and that that falls back on your planning and briefing process, like yep. trying to get things working. Well, one of the other things I liked about the Google X before I forget about it is the way they have their team set up. It's like the guys sitting there talking. It's like they've got some like, you know, some military guy. It's Like, hey, I've got some like operations military guy that blah blah blah. I've got a guitar player, okay. A horticulturist, yeah, an engineer, and they, you know, and a, a laser specialist, right. And then like, so they basically, you know, they take a broad. Group of people and put them on team to solve a problem. And like one of the big things is that your perspective causes biases. Right. So we have different people with different backgrounds and different filters. They're all looking at your problem from different angles, and that's how you start to find like those loopholes.
0: Yeah, which which it's goes like, back to even like you know HRO man with yeah. with different expertise. Yeah right like who are the experts in this there's never going to be one man you, you, you know I want the expert that uh, brought a, a it's almost like you know when you think about it it's almost like you know trying to like get an MMA fighter right he doesn't have like one coach man he's got like a nutritionist he's got a cardio guy he's got a ground guy he's got a hands guy a boxing guy he's got all these people that come together with a commonality in the center yep. But are hitting it from all these different angles. Yeah, you got a desired end state, and everyone's kind of coming from different points of view, and to create a holistic approach, capability. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. So we, yeah, we'll put a thing to that too, which is which is pretty cool. But I think as far as the disruption goes, that that we've kind of done. I think you know when we were thinking about this, I think by hacking these systems, and it's not a negative connotation because I think you're always hacking your own stuff. You're coming in to help other groups hack their shit because yeah. they want to do it more efficiently. They want to be better at it. And by finding these loopholes and creating better, more efficient ways that people have not thought of before… That is where the disruption comes from. So it's yeah. it's a kind of a loop. It's a, it's a kind of a closed loop system. That as you're constantly doing this, you're constantly getting better. You're constantly creating more efficient ways. You're finding new ways to use material that you already have in a new way. And that's what leads to the disruption that goes on, which makes people feel people in authoritative or administrative or positions feel very uptight or you know very bad about that. Comprehensive. Um, uh, yeah, apprehensive about it. Exactly. Um, but I think that you know we were talking about the other day, and we, when we we're brainstorming. The this thing going our mouths were going like a mile fucking minute but i think at one point we actually quoted the movie heat like three times and like under like I, that um, is
1: actually for for this new year i'm going to try and quote
0: heat constantly once a day right So i need what, to go watch actually i'm gonna go watch it tonight now so yeah because and what we said is like even though you let's say you well, that to, and Magic Mike. <laughs> So, <laughs> Because Ryan too likes to get guys off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he wasn't dancing for guys in that
0: movie. That guy's a goddamn professional. What's there's some, name there's some implicit things know, going on there, though, named, man. Like. What's his name? I can't remember. He's on twenty two jump street or whatever the hell it you know, was. It's not 21. I was trying to actually uh, get,
1: go to into saying his name. Oh, ah, I, I
0: do it oh yeah. It's, it's, yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Dick. I totally like <laughs> three by that. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Oh God. Yeah. Um Oh the oh. heat the heat reference. The heat reference. And that's the thing is, you know, you've come up with you know, somebody out here, you know, myself, Ryan, David, whatever, man, have come up with some like cool way to do an edge transition or whatever, to some way to do whatever to where we can use like nothing as an anchor we can do whatever but we can't hold on to that tight like that's our baby like you got to be able to understand that like somebody's going to call your baby ugly depending on the context of what it's going to yeah. be used on and you just got to be able to ditch it like what the dude heat ditch it in 30 seconds man yeah. that's it never look it. back yep. just be fucking Feel gone with it come around the corner that's it man the popo jumping out of vans jumping man just like fucking jay-z talks about but yeah so you got to be able to not hold on to your shit and have a cognitive bias where you're like. No matter what, I'm going to make this work. Yeah, like this will work. And you're pounding that circle through the proverbial square hole. And you're like, this is not, this is not going well. <laughs> um, but since we're talking about it, like we, you're in charge of hacking your own shit. Like you yeah. should always hack it. And I think HRo provides a great script for that because you know, even step one, preoccupation with failure. Like That's I what want, you're looking for I don't care if like, this works. All I like, give a shit now is how. When will it not work? That's like, I mean, we all do it naturally. Like the first time you
1: get new stuff, like I start. Like, I tried trying to oh, break dude, the little thing. You broke things. the magnetron immediately, yeah, like,
0: man, not even trying. Yeah, I
1: was like, I was messing with the magnetron, and they were like, these things are amazing, and like, within a minute, like, I popped the bottom, I was like, ugh, oh, this thing kind of sucks, it's gonna be a problem. Right. And yeah. then, like, what, we what, had a whole bunch next, failed, like, in I know. a month. Right? Like, we went and did yeah, the stuff a in. A bunch, in. we started training, and I was like, okay.
0: Yeah, is, we're in the mountains, and we are like, you know, oh my god, with mud, this is. And this it was is, like, and we were sold on the dude, we had a ton of those things. I,
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, so It wasn't even mud, it was like, this just this. Dirt in the waterfall, like jamming them. was so, like you couldn't open them. Like, yeah, that was, that was crazy. terrible. Yeah. I know. I had it on my.
0: And I had uh, mine. I still have it. Like the bottom, like shot out of it. Like it blew its ass out. Yeah, the gridlock like, broke. Yeah, that was I'm weird. Sorry. And I had mine on my uh, uh, deal that I'm passing knots on on rappel. Yeah. Uh, so it's on my uh, little Ada Red Y man uh, on that Alpha Fix. So I'm like, so you go into passing knots like, and, and you click on my BT, yeah. and I'm like, what in this shit? Um, it really puts a bummer in your day. It does. It sucks, yeah. and you're getting waterboarded. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I was being intense and enhanced, interrogated by the waterfall. But uh, by nature, but th- which brings us to the point is, although you are constantly hacking your system, what is that external hacking, right? Because there's probably not going to be a lot of people that are going to go off and be like, hey, you know, uh, I don't understand nonlinearity or complexity or anything, but I think you're off. Like, you aren't going to run into that. But what we talked about is, it's very it, it, what. What hacks our shit that makes us constantly have to evolve techniques? If you look at it from a very high view, it's probably a geopolitical thing. What's going on with nations? Like Damn. all of a sudden we have guys here, and now we're here, or now you're you know in the Hindu Kush and you're, now, you know, but oh God, before we were in sand and it was flat and now we're here, you know And this technique is not going to work as good as this. So maybe we need to look for a canyoneering or now we're going to be in SCBAs, or now we're going to be in this. And in the end, it's actually environmental pathology. That ends up hacking your system yeah. is it's shit you can't control. External
1: stuff changes, and all of a sudden, like everything you thought was good.
0: Yeah, this ascending no thing works good. really awesome until yeah. I've got a quickie saw and a uh, and I'm in an SCBA and uh, and Kembio gear. Yeah, like now that sucks ass. It doesn't work the same. It's different. Yeah. It differs. <laughs> it's <does> a little. <laughs> with nods and, and pelters and every. And then you're wearing your whole freaking, uh, yeah, it's terrible. But yeah, it's the environmental pathology, and we've got to be prepared to be. And, and even shifts. with that, you guys were talking, is, you know, you also need to be aware of, like, what is the hack your own gear, right? Yeah. Hack your shit. How, how, depending on whatever diameter, you know, that, that you use, and if you use above, probably a nine. Millimeter, you, you should probably go watch Magic Mike. Um, but with that, you—you you, uh, just kidding? Uh, I know some people have to use larger diameters, but that doesn't make any sense depending on the <laughs> fighters you use. But anyways. We, we still think it's silly. We still, um, but look at—you know—how does it react when that that rope is completely soaked? Yeah. Right? What is it when it's iced? Or, what or is it? Frozen. What are those environmental conditions that you could oh, potentially yeah. have to use it in? Because we're not out training when it's pouring rain in a monsoon sometimes, but you may have to work. When it's pouring rain in a monsoon, sometime yeah. and do a rescue, man. So, you know, what are those things? How does you know? How does your, your if you're on recce, yeah, I don't think the salt works and yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the rain. So exactly, they wait for favorable conditions. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, you know? So so trade in the the environmental pathology as variables yeah. that you're gonna potentially work in and see how your performance, how does your descent device work, how do your IDs? I can tell you, you know, Greedies will blow up with a soaking wet rope sometimes, man. Like it not blow up, but you know what I'm saying, it'll yeah, like, it won't stop you. No. It won't stop you. There'll be an explosion of water around your face as you slide, slide down, down, and it's supposed to be locking. So you gotta, you know, test those things out. Whether you're using, you know, more traditional teams using IDs or MPDs and stuff yeah. like, what is it when it's soaking wet? How is it when it's iced? How I think
1: is it we'll say, like once we'll break that down, and we start talking about how to like bulletproof your systems. Like, yes, that's how do, you, how do you start like what's what's my baseline, and then how do I stabilize that in all these crazy environments? Because I mean, yep. even with the course, like we we start adding crazy environments at the guys. Yep. to test the basic. Things that we're doing, like our systems, our stuff never gets more complex. The environment just does,
0: right? And that's how you train. Like, and and unfortunately, we innately try and come up with a solution to a complex environment by making a complex solution. Yeah, which which really just it's, a, yeah, it's an exponent. It soup, screws you up. soup yeah. sandwich, soup sandwich. Yeah. It yeah. is. It's like death eating a cracker. It um, you, it's terrible, man. Um, to when you see guys doing it too, simple. it's like they start trying to like
1: they go and like, start building this like what are you doing and they like, can't remember how they like even that, got to that point the one right? phase when we do the Wednesday nights like it's like, oh, it's like yeah. it, it also I was like alright guys check it out 15 years ago I learned this technique and you're we're like, gonna give it a whirl you're doing like, like holy shit not like, the time to do it yeah like that is so complicated yeah like, it's two in the morning you know? <laughs> it's like, and it's, this
0: is the only station two it's gonna be a really long night thanks guys so. yeah this is gonna suck yeah. um but yeah that's exactly it is uh the good yeah. idea fairy which is cool as long as you do it in training and when, you're, the, when you're running yeah. it don't get pulled into that type of type of thing so where are we at man oh, i think we're just like we're at the bottom, just tie it together. <coughs> That's it. All right, we're tying it together. I think you should start tying this shit together. <laughs> but but the easy up. solution, like going back into it, it just feeds on itself. Is that Gordy? Not man, right? Yep. It's find the simple solution when you're dealing with a complex environment. As your environment gains complexity, you've you got to look. And it's not a it's not a simplistic. You've got to simple yeah. simplify it. Make it as simple as you can, and know where you can't make it yeah. any more simple. Right? There's a
1: difference between oversimplifying and then yeah. Creating a simple solution. Because a lot of times
0: when like, people oversimplify yeah. it and, and, and make something simplistic, yeah. they make it linear. And yeah. a linear and thing linear And you're not working, working there at all, yeah. Yeah, that's an ass sandwich. Yeah. So tie it together with what we're hitting on. Because I think we're going to talk CCP's. We're going to talk. Yes, yeah, so I think. That's we'll, that's what so so what this about. is
1: going to go is we're going to keep breaking down kind of hacking, kind of giving a, an approach, that, a, a way to a hack for a hack. Mm-hmm. How to hack hacking. That's it. Um, and then we're going to. Tied into operational hacking, like as you guys are sitting there individually with like whatever section you are and whatever your bigger element is, like how do you guys start breaking this down in order to get better at what you do? Right. Um, and we're going to kind of tie it around casualty management as a system as a whole, the whole access problems that we have to get to, the medical problems that are going on, like all the way down to like what's your depth of medical gear. Like how does that play into it? Like and, how and do you trying figure to figure out have your medical loadout. Yeah, like, like w- smart like, ways to do yeah, it. Yeah, like smart ways to do this. And like, where's your stuff at? And you know, what's your whole system look like to create reliability? And then I don't know, like just make it sexy and smooth and fast because yep. nobody likes
0: big bulky. No, and I think if you add a, um, I hate using the word structure, but if you have a skeleton or a very loose structure to where you're able to at least maneuver and I think HRO is is a good example of that yeah. it doesn't tell you. What to do or how to do it. It gives you principles that you have to consider, yep. and then once you consider them and the the totality of it, you can check that off and be like, okay, I think I'm covered for as much as I know, knowing that there's going to be shit that's unpredictable, right? Yep. But I have enough ability to to have audibles in how I'm responding. That we should be okay, right? It, it, to to where you are now, and I think that gets into design, which we'll yeah. have to hit on with Chris. Yeah. Um. You know, so when we look at like the Joint Special Operations University and this stuff, in their design thinking courses, and there's a lot of other design stuff that's out there from you know Lean and and Agile and all this other stuff that's out there. But I think you can, without getting just gay goofy, you can make some huge impacts by creating certain little structures that you use as a filter when you're looking at your. Lo- med load out, you yeah. know. With like anytime you're auditing your gear, like yeah. let's do an audit, let's look at this and like figure out what it is. Because and- the kitchen sink theory always goes in, right? Like, yeah. oh let's just bring this, let's just bring this. And I think, you know, by by you know, we we've got that thing we're working on, which has a bunch of questions. It's asking yeah. the right question. That's design, right? It's asking the right question and I'm not gonna get into that too much because that's gonna be a, a Chris thing. Yeah. But when you look at it, asking the right question is is imperative because you can ask a question and get a right answer, except if it's the wrong question. And and I think that's what happens a lot. You you know, the, the example I give is, you know, is if you come at me and you're sick and you've got this fever and all I do is focus in on the fever and be like, all right, my question, how can I stop this fever? And I'm doing this and I'm giving you, you know, Tylenol and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm the, but I'm not looking at like that's actually I'm not answering the right question. The right question is like. Why do you have a fever? Yeah, but I'm just worried about the fever. And, and and while I'm trying to treat you with Tylenol and shit, you're you're just dying of sepsis from like appendicitis, yeah. right? But I just I'm stuck on the, the fever thing, thing yeah. man, right? And and so I'm just I'm doing the right thing, yeah. for the question I asked, but I asked the wrong question, and I think that's what happened. So if you look at nothing more than what's your mission type. And what's your infill? Like that? Those that tweaks it down questions. to a lot right yeah. there, right there, right. You know, because if you're if you're going right there on right to the front door doing a high risk warn, right, then you can have a backup here. You can go a lot lighter in your med stuff than you go in there. Uh, then if you're doing you know you're doing a hostage dress, you're doing a barricade, right? You're you're kind of doing a Y infill, so you yeah. maybe a couple hundred meters shift out. Parameters just a little
1: bit of right. What, what maybe you, you can got. drop
0: a backup bag over here or whatever, but still coming in. Then if you're doing just an offset, man, yeah. you're coming in way out, coming in, you know, kilometers out, like. Your shit's gonna change, man. But there's yeah. certain things you have to have. But you're gonna you're gonna assume risk, and we'll get into that too, yeah. right? We'll talk about different different like, things you can do as far as how do we how do we like assume what are risk the key in a questions
1: for each phase and key things that will kind of get you into like the right.
0: That's it. Remember, right probability mindset. isn't gonna answer yeah. your questions in a nonlinear environment, man. Probability is a linear issue and a Gaussian curve, man. It's all Pareto law with the tail. So, so yeah, I think that's kind of the. The deal. Do I have any other notes laying around here that I... Oh, yeah. Hey, this is the last thing. So I think what I was looking at is, and this is kind of the last thing. So whether you're a medic, you do rescue, you do whatever, we learn these techniques. So... Kind of stay with me on this one, and, and you can draw all the correlations, Ryan, too, with 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 medical side and softness or whatever. Is we learn a way to do something. So in rescue, right? You learn your mechanical advantage. Right? Like, here's your three to one Z. Here's your five to one simple simple five to one. But realize that when you learn something and you're becoming that that certification or you're becoming whatever, they are not teaching you the the awesome way of doing it. Right? They are teaching no. you a way that they have determined. You know what? These people are going to suck. They're not going to be smart. They're going to fuck it up. So can we come up with a way that is simple enough that they might be able to do it right and not hurt anybody, including themselves? And that's just to get you to the point of understanding that your job, now that you've learned the technique that will get you by on the very left side of a bell curve, is to eventually get off the bell curve, man. Like as you play with it, be like, hey, why am I doing a 5-1 simple? And which is actually a lesser mechanical advantage all being said about the efficiency of my pulleys than if I did a complex because now I'm removing a pulley which means I'm removing an extra, you know, potentially 10% of friction if you're using you're using sealed bearing pulleys or whatever. So now I actually have a higher mechanical advantage on this, and it collapses together, so I can reset it in two different ways, which may be advantageous if I'm on the side of a mountain or blah blah blah. And You start questioning things. You're looking at it. You're digging down to the minutia, right? Digging down to the minutia of a march exam. Digging down to the minutia, of whatever. Realizing that that if you're still doing what you learned in school, you're probably dicked up. Yeah, you're probably dicked up, man. Yeah. Because whatever you learned to get you through has no involvement into real-world applications no variability of environmental pathology or anything the example I'd say is like those are your training wheels to get you through that phase of where you're at if you're still like shit man we can't use a Hits because at fire Academy they told me that that's unsafe and then you're like what's unsafe about it Jack has to do like what the fuck is unsafe about it right because you can make it safer, those, right? those big ears on those <laughs> rescue eights are like, it's <laughs> more unsafe for me going to red. Just like, <laughs> well, I mean, what, what is unsafe about it? Um, you know, they're just concerned. So, yeah. you know, in, in the end, I would say you're rolling with training wheels, but you're trying to like fucking do X Games mountain biking yeah. with training wheels. Like, that's how dicked up that is. Right, so you hack that system. How can I learn more? How? Or you're can- doing the high dive with little water wings on. That would be gay too. Yeah, that'd That's be it. really good. Yeah, It would be good. We're out, yeah, because I mean, we had we had some we had some little water diving going on in Italy that uh, we were we, we found out the wrong way that I forgot. You know, sometimes on the first one you're forgetting that you're jumping off this freaking thing, landing into. Ice cold water. Ice cold water with a very small margin of uh, air going in a circle, and you're wearing a uh, dry pack on your back. Right? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't facilitate awesomeness sometimes because yeah. you need to like get down and swim out. But it's not as awesome as sending emails in the office. Yes. <laughs> so
1: I don't care about <laughs> yeah. your poo <poo-poo> poo story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. Um, so that's
0: where we're at, man. Um, no, but so, I think that's
1: a good point, though. Is like. The knowledge that you get from a school, that's not what you write in your TTP. Like I don't right. take – I don't go to like whatever courses I'm going to, you know, and then take that whole curriculum and plug it in as like my SOP. Like you take those skills and you start applying it operational with the equipment you have, the gear you have, and the skill of everybody around you.
0: Where you're going to be and working. And then like you take it what's and What's the context it. of your mission, yeah. right? It's going to change all the time. So you better know your shit. And, and I think that's the thing is if you're still doing your yeah. training wheel TTPs, man, that like you learned in school, you're professional, man. Yeah. Like – Learn your craft and be right. fucking better than anybody else. Like, yeah. be a professional,
1: dedicated to the craft,
0: dedicated to the craft. Uh, eh? There we go. Anything, Dave? Okay, yeah. all right. So, we will uh bail on this one and uh come back Start soon. So, we will number be number two, we will be doing many many more in very close proximity. So, our our Dedication and stuff right now to this is getting all this stuff out and getting some papers written. And we'll probably end up having to do like a video cast on some of them because we want to put like that casualty management with the access, the assess and stabilize, the extract and evac, and then be able to show where the nodes are and the points are where you can make a difference. Yeah. And and so you can actually see the diagrams and how to potentially construct diagrams for your own stuff and then how to try and exploit them and hack them. How to kill them. How to kill them. Just kill your shit. Just kill it. All right. There we go. Like an ocelot. All right. It gets go